Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Bali. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy out there, Seth Robinson. Hey, what's going on? Hi. Hey, uh, hey, it's Friday. Yeah. Coming, coming off a, a busy week at work. Uh, I went skiing last weekend, which was fun. I haven't done that all winter. Uh, so I got a chance to get on the slopes, which I used to do a lot more in my younger days. And now I'm happy if I get there once or twice a year. But I did get there last weekend, and that was real fun. What's yeah. going on with you? Good for you. I uh, I can tell that you used to ski quite a bit because you, you talk about it a lot. But as with everything, it's it's so hard to make it happen. So yep. I'm glad that you had a chance to go. I I just took a little trip last weekend and kind of cleared my head and got away from everything. That was kind of nice. And then I came back yeah. and my head started filling up again. So, oh come on, yeah. I hope hopefully you get a, a couple of days or a day at least of zen like follow up from your weekend. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I thought that it was going to be that way. Like I thought that the the glow was going to last for a little bit, but it it sort of felt like right away, just right back into it. Um, uh, the joys of being grown ups. Yeah, it was a little little disappointing. But, oh, wow. um, you'll have to do it again soon. Maybe yeah. make regular thing, and it'll start to stick. Maybe so. So we're going to talk about one of your research studies today. A very good report on data management, which I read for you um, when you were getting ready to publish it. And it is published, I believe, right now. Yep. Yep. Um, it's out on the website. And thank you for giving it a once over and making sure that it all made sense. Appreciate it. And this is a study that we kind of came to because we, we've done studies on big data back when that was really in the spotlight. And then we, we stopped doing those for a little while in favor of some other things that were getting a little bit more attention, like IoT or whatever. And we kind of wanted to come back to data. We wanted to talk about blockchain and other digital letter technologies, um, but it didn't make sense to make a whole study out of that. And one of the main themes that we had seen back when we did the big data studies was that companies really didn't have their arms around their data in terms of having comprehensive corporate policies and practices. And so we kind of thought that we would take that approach. Uh, so this study is really generically on data management. And I, I think we're still at the place where I don't think a lot of companies are treating this as a comprehensive practice. I think we're moving in that direction. But in the study, I compare it quite a bit to security as, as a discipline. And the fact that companies have started to wrap their arms around security uh, and they treat it as something that has to be handled at a corporate level. And so you would have a CISO and you would really be focused on building policies that cover security throughout the organization. And we're seeing the beginnings of that with data. Data management, I'd say, is lagging behind security, but you do see companies beginning to have chief data officers, and you see companies beginning to think about their data more comprehensively. Now, you mentioned big data, and that certainly was a hugely hyped term back several years ago, and we did do studies on that. What happened there? I mean, is, are we talking about the same thing right now, but we've just gotten rid of the catchy little name? Yeah, I think with big data, there was the notion that if you just purchased some new tools or you know you went out to the cloud and got some new tools you would suddenly have access to all of these 
different formats of data that you hadn't been able to tap into with relational databases or spreadsheets, and the insights would just start flowing and you'd be able to make decisions a lot better. And, and the reality was that companies didn't have their data organized well enough for, I think, these tools to act on them. And, and we've seen that also with artificial intelligence, where companies want artificial intelligence to operate on their systems or their processes or whatever, and they want the insights that come out the back end of artificial intelligence, but what they don't have on the front end is consistent sets of data that they can feed the, the AI in order to have it operate. So th this notion of really having all of your data gathered together and understanding where it all is and what it's doing and what questions you want to ask, I think that's the, the starting point. So I think companies couldn't get to big data without building that foundation. And I think now, even for those companies that are able to act upon what we used to call big data, I think it just gets treated as a part of the overall data management strategy. You know, we, we asked in the study if it gets treated separately or not, and we still see some companies treating it separately, but I think we see the cutting edge companies saying, no, we don't treat it separately. It's all just data to us. And we have a lot of different tools and different processes and workflow and different things that we're trying to do, but it all falls under our data management strategy. Yeah, I think one of the themes that we see in a lot of the studies, especially the technology studies that you do, is that many companies get over their skis to get back to skiing, but without building some foundation. And that seems to be the lesson learned is that you need to sort of um, build your foundation first, get your house in order, so to speak. Uh, and then you can start applying all this, you know, the AI or the data management or whatever it is that you have. But you really need to create some sort of st structural base before you can actually take advantage of some of the, the things out there and really um, exploit them. And I noticed in your study you have these four areas of a data management strategy, um, which I think were interesting. And I think you alluded to sourcing just a minute ago without saying sourcing, but really gathering all of your data, um, making sure that it's that it's clean, and, and then you can move on to the next phase. And I thought it would be interesting for you to talk a little bit about those four areas. Yeah, we've talked about this flow even back when we had the big data study, that there are these different phases of it, and, and there are different tools and, and different things that you might want to focus on in, in each stage. Uh, but it does start with data sourcing, and, and data is coming from a lot of different places now. Probably mm -hmm. the, the two main new sources of data would be social media and Internet of Things, uh, that these two things are generating a lot of data around either customer sentiment or business operations. And there's the ability to act on that data, but you have to be able to bring it in and kind of clean it as it's coming in and, and understand exactly what you want to do with it rather than just gathering it all and throwing it into some kind of big data storage repository and then trying to do something with it. So I think that's the first step. And then, like I said, you move into the processing of that data. And that is where you begin asking questions like, how quickly do we want to do this? You know, do we want to do some of this in real time? Do we just want to do it in, you know, batch jobs? You know, what exactly do we want to do with the data in line with how we're trying to use it to serve the business? Uh, and obviously the business might have demands that are technically very difficult to achieve. And a lot of that comes out in this data processing step. 
And then once you've gotten through that, then you do the analytics, the, the thing that, the, that everyone is trying to get to, the analytics and the visualization. Right, analytics and, is pretty much seems like the holy grail, right, that right. everybody wants to, yeah. And, and I think, you know, getting back to the big data um, discussion that we were having, analytics was what everyone wanted to do. But mm-hmm. you've got to do the, the previous two things correctly in order to get to the analytics. Uh, and I think companies are realizing that now. I think they're realizing that their analytics are only going to be as good as the, the, those first two stages, bringing in the data correctly, cleaning it up and processing it in, in the best way. And then you can get to the analytics. And, and this is a stage where there's um, a, a lot of overlap between understanding where the business wants to go and understanding what data you have on hand that can answer those questions or give you some insight into the future or whatever it might be. And then the last stage really wraps around all of it, and it's uh, security. Securing all of this data, securing the processes, especially in cloud environments where you don't have all of the data necessarily living on-premises, uh, and, mm-hmm. and you have to focus on the security of the data a lot more than just the security of the infrastructure. Uh, and, and we've seen that pretty commonly in our security studies. I, I think companies, you know, kind of have a, a grasp on that one. This is where, you know, the, the discipline of security and the discipline of data kind of meet each other. Uh, and it's the, those those other three that, that really need the focus in terms of building up the data practice. Right. So it seems to me that this is going to, um, this is going to lead to a need for additional skills within organizations. Um, and additional job roles. If you look at some of the you know the, the job roles that we take a look at when we do workforce studies, it seems like you can see data uh, uh, before a million different job roles. So data scientist, data architect, data you, you name it. Um, is is that really necessary if you're an, an organization, you know, say a small or medium sized company trying to get a handle on your data? Do you need a, a bunch of different job roles to be able to conduct this kind of foundational and, and thorough data management strategy, or um, or are we just splitting hairs here with all these different jobs? Well, I think that we've talked about this a little bit already, and I, I think we're probably going to continue talking about it quite a bit throughout the year, this notion of job roles versus job skills, mm. um, where especially with emerging technology, I think there's been a lot of focus within CompTIA, within media, within the industry in general on the new roles that are getting created. And as I think we're discovering, that focus has sort of distracted from the fact that new job roles are probably um, a a, a much smaller part of what's happening. And the larger part is trying to upskill the existing roles that you have. And, And so if we stick with data, you know, as an example here, you're exactly right. Like data analyst or data scientist have become kind of those those hot terms, but not many businesses are going to want to carve out a role that just does that. They're going to look at their database administrator and say, "We need you doing more analytics." And some companies don't even have a database administrator, and that's you know kind of where they have that foundation that they need to build to kind of determine, do we want to dedicate some skills to data? Back when I did the the IT framework several years ago now, I remember when we were thinking about whether or not data was one of the four main disciplines, uh, I would talk to a lot of people that said at their companies, they were beginning to head that way, but a lot of their data people now were software developers. Uh, And those companies that maybe had begun building a separate data practice, 
had gotten those skills from their software developers. So it would have been a developer that had like kind of a focus on data and was kind of responsible for managing the data as part of their development role. And over time, as the data became more and more important, uh, it just became more of a focused role. So I, I think a lot of companies have people who are probably touching data, whether that's on the development side or the infrastructure side, or if they actually do have some database administrators. And I think the first order of business is bringing in some of these new skills around analytics, visualization, governance, uh, data mining. All of these things you know, are probably going to be added to existing roles before you would begin adding new roles or even looking to third parties. Uh, and, and there's definitely a lot of third party support that, that can happen here and companies are, are looking for that. Right now, they already use third parties a lot for like data storage and backup and recovery. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and, and I think that they can continue doing that as well as beginning to move in a direction of, of seeing if the third party can, can take on some of these more advanced skills as well. Yeah, I know on the in the managed services space, uh, I'm working on a study right now. One of the things um, they're beginning to focus a lot on Internet of Things as a managed service, so managed IoT, and part of that is being able to provide the analytics piece. So not just managing the hardware uh, involved in IoT and and making sure everything is running smoothly, but doing the data collection uh, that comes from those devices and and then providing some output to the companies that they work with in the form of of an analysis. Um, So the the skills are going to be needed there and the MSP space as well. And so for a smaller company that can't afford to do it in-house, that is a good option for them. Yeah, I actually was going to ask you a question on on sure. this one here because I know you're working on a managed services study. That's probably the next thing that we're going to talk about on Volley, and that's going to be out in the next week or so. Um, but as we're looking at data here, I think when we consider solution providers, the, the natural inclination might be to say, oh, what would it look like to build a data practice? And you and I have had a lot of conversation around solution providers building security practice and and you know is there a distinction between an MSP and an MSSP and i kind of feel like where my head wants to go is to say don't try to build a data practice cuz cuz what we're trying to do here is solve business problems and you're going to need certain skills to solve them and your client is going to be solving a problem and they're going to need certain skills. I don't think they're going to come and say, I want you to manage my data. I think they're going to come and say, here's what I need to do. You know, these are the pieces that I'm covering. Can you cover these other pieces? And and so I feel like the notion of a data practice is one to maybe approach with some caution, right? Uh, and I wanted to see what you thought about that. No, I agree. I don't really see too many solution providers or MSPs um, promoting themselves as as data-centric or having a data practice per se, but they do work with data. Um, It's just part of what many of them do, especially on the MSP side, because the MSPs have access to their to their end customers information and they're managing it. And uh, whether or not they do the analysis is another thing. Some do analytics. Others simply make sure it's secure, the data, make sure they're um, that everything is working well and, and they're providing output to the client, but simply in the form of what sort of 
uh, remedial actions we may have taken over the course of this quarter or this month or whatever the time frame is. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think the the notion of data practice in a silo for a lot of solution providers is not really realistic at this point, nor do I necessarily think it, it, it's something that they, they need to be doing. It can be part and parcel of a much broader portfolio that they have. Right. I, I think about it kind of in terms of the, the executive roles that I mentioned earlier that I think several years ago, solution providers would sometimes talk about themselves being the virtual CIO of right. you know for their clients, and, and probably a lot of them still do. And I, I think that probably made sense, especially at you know the smaller end of the scale. The, the demands there were very tactical. And so if you were acting as a virtual CIO, that kind of meant you were keeping the lights on, right? Yeah. Now, if, if you think about either security or data, and you try to make the same comparison, and you say, I'm trying to be your virtual CISO, or I'm trying to be your virtual chief data officer, that implies uh, some, some depth of skill that the solution provider might not have. You know, the, the, an organization that has a chief data officer probably is one that is actually investing in specific roles around data. Um, it's, it's not just a keeping the lights on tactical thing. It's, it's very strategic yeah. and very skill-based. And I think that's a, an, an area that would maybe be struggle for a lot of solution providers uh, to try to be saying we're acting as a virtual chief data officer. But I think that to say we have data skills and we can help you with your data strategy is a much more attainable goal. I agree. Now, without giving too much away, because we're going to talk about my study um, on the next volley, but we did have a section on MSSPs. I know this isn't data related, but I think we can draw a comparison. But uh, those managed service providers who want to be the next level to their customers and be able to actually make claims that they have a higher level set of skills rather than just keeping the lights on, and in this case in the security arena, are um, are becoming dedicated and they are hiring people that are CISOs and and and, and other types of security niche specialists uh, to be on staff. So that we do see that happening. I don't know about data though. I think data is something that just is part um first of all i think there's there's some issues around data being shared uh i think there are end customers out there that don't necessarily want a third party to be um you know knees deep in their information necessarily they just want to make sure that the systems work and the security works around it but you don't need to look at our numbers and you don't need to look at our data in that kind of in-depth way and i'm sure that there's some friction there with some companies so it'll be interesting to see but we are seeing some traction in terms of upping the game on the security side but i don't know i'm not so sure on the data side with, with solution providers yeah, I, I think there are some differences between the the field of data management and the field of security. And I, I mentioned a few of those in the study here. I, I think there are a few different reasons why you don't see data management, you know, out there in like trade publications or whatever in the same way that you do security. Uh, and so I think there are some unique, unique challenges there. So I think one of the, the last topic we might want to touch on here, because you mentioned it at the outset, was blockchain, just distributed ledger technology and, and what that means to the data management arena. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Like I said at the beginning, this is an area that we have focused on over the past couple of years. We've written a research brief on it. Uh, we have an advisory council that's focused on blockchain here at CompTIA. 
And it's been in the news a lot, uh, maybe a little less so recently. I think there was a, a big spike, you know, around Bitcoin and how blockchain was the underlying technology there. Is, is, is blockchain going to be the new big data in terms of phasing out the hype um, in, in another year or two? Um, I, I do think that the hype might die down, but I think for different reasons. So I think that blockchain is an enabling technology, it, it sort of sits at a layer of the technology stack that a lot of people actually don't think about very much. Um, they just assume that it's there and, and they're using applications that are based on that technology, but they they don't actually futz with the actual technology, right? And so I think that, that that's what blockchain becomes here is um, kind of a protocol, you know, something that applications get built on and it gives applications a greater degree of reliability. Um, it, it, it potentially increases the security, but the, the business itself, the end user is not actually dealing with blockchain. The blockchain is transparent to them. It's or totally, whatever. It's, it's abstracted from yeah, the end yeah. completely, right? Yeah. So I, I think that we're still in the early stages of that. And as always in early stages, we see kind of confusion in the numbers. So like when we ask uh, companies, are you adopting blockchain or other digital ledger technology? It's something like, you know, 21% of them say that they are developing tools with DLT and 27% say that they have purchased tools. And those numbers are probably high. Um, that, that's probably a lot of people that have heard about this thing. Maybe they assume that they're doing it. Um, but I just, I don't think that adoption is quite that high yet. And I think there are a few things kind of standing in the way of, of adoption. You know, one is if you build a blockchain application, whatever it might be, maybe it's digital identity, maybe it's smart contracts, maybe it's storage, whatever it is. If you, if you build that application and you offer it to a customer and the customer is only going to kind of use it within their walls, they're, they're not going to use this application across multiple partners, whatever. The, the question that you have to answer is the question that's always been there for technology, which is how much better is this thing than the thing you're already using? And I think we all know that for, in a lot of cases, it has to be significantly better in order for you to rip out what you're doing and, and plug the new stuff in. Oh, yeah. Now, now, maybe when you get to end of life on your current application, you replace it with a blockchain application because the benefits are there. But in terms of rip and replace, maybe not so much. And then I think this, the second challenge is if you're really trying to leverage the the capability of these distributed technologies and use them in a distributed way, now you have to get buy-in from an entire network of people. Um, and and that can be challenging. And, and some of the promise of these digital ledger technologies is that you would eliminate the middleman and that just the people in the network can rely on the technology to record the transactions accurately. Um, but obviously, getting all of those people in the room together and getting them all to agree is pretty difficult. And you can see <laughs> where a middleman is probably going to come in uh, pretty soon again. So I think there are those challenges to adoption. I do think that over time, having blockchain or, or some other technology as a fundamental layer will happen more and more. Um, you know, just as we've seen Linux become a very fundamental layer, uh, over time, uh, and and one that some people deal with directly, but not necessarily everyone. Um, so I, I think it's going to be very important moving forward. 
Um, I just don't know exactly how disruptive it's going to be, especially in the short term. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be become just part of the stack that most people don't interact with or know anything about, but it's there. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, did we miss anything? Or um, I think we could put an end cap on it if if not. But um, it's a really great study, and I think um, all of you should uh, give it a read. I'm sure Seth will put the link to it in the show notes here. Yeah, I don't think we missed anything big. Uh, there's there's lots there's of lot detail more. and nuance, and yeah, I encourage everyone to to check it out if you're. Uh, trying to work with data a little bit more at your business or leverage data for business decisions. Uh, hopefully this gives you some insights. Super. So uh, that's a wrap then, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, any any adventures for this weekend or was last weekend um, adventurous enough? Well, for we're going to my, – my youngest daughter turned 18 yesterday and um, – because it was a weekday and we were busy and she was busy, we didn't really do much of a celebration. So I think we're going to have a, a dinner out on, over the weekend for her. So that's my that's the only thing I got on the books right now. But I can't believe if she's eighteen, which is <laughs> going up fast. Indeed, indeed. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Have a great time celebrating, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. <laughs>